Hello and welcome to the 90s Galore podcast. I'm your host Andy Zaldivar. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen. want to thank you for being here. And you know what? Right off the bat, I want to get into the wildcard episode. Had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I thought my brother was great. I thought he did a great job. Uh, he was candid. He, um, he just did great, man. I mean, quite simply, you know, I want to give him a lot of credit because that was his first time appearing on a podcast and um, he had a blast also. I want to say that uh, and he was very pleased with the outcome of that episode. I also want to uh, say that I think we're going to bring him back on at some point. We'll bring him back on and uh, Oscar... Thank you so much again for being on that, uh, for coming on and uh, helping us out with the wildcard episode. You did a great job. So shout out to my brother, Oscar. Um, but I also want to hear from you, ladies and gentlemen. I want to, I'm hoping you could provide us some feedback on what you thought about the wildcard episode. I want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, concerns. And uh, you can do that at my brand new Twitter account. Okay, that's an, at 90s Galore. Again, that's 90SGALORE. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I implore you, please provide us a review or drop us a line, give us your opinion again. Um, and you can also do that on Apple Podcasts as well as leave a voice message on any one of the platforms you're listening to. Okay. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, comment on that. And I, I've been waiting patiently for the last couple of weeks to, um, you know, to talk about the wildcard episode. And, uh, so, um, I had a lot of fun. Okay. And let me tell you so much fun. I think I may just change the format of this podcast permanently to a host and guest interview format. But this is why I want to hear from you, ladies and gentlemen, before I do anything like that, because I care about what you say and what you think. Um, and again, we're list- we have listeners in India. We have listeners in Germany, the UK, Mexico, Peru, Brazil, just to name a few of the countries, Australia. And I want to hear from you, ladies and gentlemen. So tell me, please, what you think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed that uh, that interview and doing that that format. So again, I, I think I might go permanently to that format. Uh, but, but again, before I do, I, I want to hear from you. So let us know, please. Uh, and in podcasting is just—it's just a lot of fun. Period. It really is. Um, but anyways, I'm very excited about tonight's episode. We're featuring a hip hop group that is just phenomenal. For those of you young people in your early 40s, like me, notice I said early, um, young. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when I say the words "a tribe called Quest." I mean, what can I say? These guys are legends, Hall of Famers, giants in the hip-hop game. Their hits conjure up memories like nobody's business, man. I mean, I I hear a Tribe Called Quest song, any one of their songs, and it just immediately takes me back, back to the 90s, back to where where I was back then. You know, it takes me back to that place. 
and uh, all of you can relate to me on that, you know, on, on any one of, you know, when you listen to a certain artist or certain song, and, and you know what I'm talking about. And, and again, um, Tribe does that for me. And um, so we're excited. I'm excited for tonight. Um, we're talking about electric relaxation, Bonita Applebum. I left my wallet in El Segundo, check the rhyme, a war tour, and the list goes on and on. I mean, it's unbelievable. These guys, their body of work, their albums, and uh, they have a pretty cool story about how they originated. Um, I'll get into that now. Um, well, let's let's talk about the uh, the original members. The founding members are Q-Tip, Fife Dog, Ali Shaheed Mohammed, and Jerobi White. Now, Jerobi White, interestingly, left the group after the release of their debut album, uh, which was People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. How do you like that title, right? <laughs> That's a pretty cool title. And he left to pursue a career in the culinary arts. Big time chef now. Actually, I don't know, uh, but I, I, I know he did leave um, Tribe to pursue a career in the culinary arts. So that's pretty interesting, right? You don't hear that too often. A member of the a band or a group leaves uh, to pursue, you know, becoming a chef. So uh, he actually returned in the 2000s. But anyways, a tribe called Quest formed in Queens, New York. And uh, Q-Tip and Fife grew up together you know, in, in, in Queens, New York. And Q-Tip was actually known as MC Lovechild originally. And occasionally, he and Ali Shaheed Mohammed would team up together to do a um, MC slash DJ duo. And uh, they started recording demos with along with Fife. And we're talking about this is you know mid late eighties, actually circa nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six. And uh, you know they started uh, doing demos, and then Jerobi joined, and then then they were known as the Crush Connection. And it wasn't until 1988 that the Jungle Brothers, look them up if you haven't, um, another hip-hop group, notable hip-hop group, also from Queens, dubbed them a tribe called Quest. So they actually got their name from the Jungle Brothers. And in early 1989, the group signs a deal with Geffen Records. They produced this five-song, I'm sorry, they did not... They did not uh, sign a deal. They they did a demo. They produced a demo, five song demo, which included "I Left My Wallet" and "El Segundo," among a few other songs. Geffen actually decided not to offer them a recording contract for reasons unknown to me. Um, I couldn't find find out why. But they end up signing with Jive Records, and Jive Records, uh, uh, you may or may not know. Um, Signed uh, other artists, hip hop artists like Too Short and Boogie Down Productions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened with Geffen Records, but it ended up being Jive. And then, less than a year after signing with Jive, they release the album People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. And uh, first, uh, but before they did that, I want to say, I just kind of want to mention that. Uh, the Tribe Called Quest was part of the collective called Native Tongues, which was formed in, uh, I believe, 1989. 
by the Jungle Brothers and a tribe called Quest. Um, and it's a collective, like I said, of hip hop artists. Uh, others include uh, De La Soul, Moni Love, Queen Latifah, Black Sheep, just to name a few. And they're, uh, they all shared a love for hip hop. You know, they're all from New York City. Uh, and their lyrics uh, contain spirituality. They talk about having fun, sex, and race, you know. And they pioneered the so-called conscious rap and that jazzy sound of the early 90s. So that's the Native Tongues. Look them up. Um, I think you'll find them interesting. Uh, a lot of uh, big-time hip-hop artists within that group, within that collective. So just wanted to mention that, okay, because... Um, Tribe called Quest. I just want to give touch on a little bit of their, you know, of the big picture here of their history and their origins. And uh, so, the, their debut album was released in April of 1990. Wow, I was a freshman in high school, and I remember how about UMTV raps, you know, Cross Colors. Who remembers Cross Colors? Cross Colors clothing, you know, the, the the colorful line of clothing with the purple pants, and they also had green pants and the rayon shirts and Oh man, I used to love that stuff. And uh, the first single that was released was I Left My Wallet in El Segundo. And I remember my freshman year, everybody was bumping this, man. It was big time, you know. I love that song. I love it. But for me, you know what, to this day, Bonita Applebaum, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Bonita Appleby, for me... Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. Had some tef- technical difficulties. But like I was saying, Bonita Applebaum, for me, takes the cake. I don't want to get ahead of, my, ahead of myself, but uh, I love that song. One of my favorite, probably, I don't know, top three tribe songs. Uh, and it takes me, definitely takes me back to those days of hip-hop, man. Like I said, the rayon shirts, the baggy pants, New Jack City, all that, man. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Um so after they released that song, that single, um, I left my wallet in El Segundo, they released Can I Kick It? And it was released in October of 1990, my freshman year again in high school. And, uh, and by the way, production credit goes uh, to A Tribe Called Quest. They, they produced this album as well as most of their 90s albums. So they not only wrote it they, they produced it and um anyway so so now they have their debut album in the books and it's a hit of course peaking at number 23 on the u.s billboard top r&b hip-hop albums chart and selling 500,000 copies to attain the gold certification by the riaa people's instinctive travels and the passive rhythm has been known to be a very influential album in the hip-hop arena I mean, hip-hop artists like Common, Diggable Planets, Pharrell Williams, Erica Badu, the Fugees, are just some of the names that have been known to be influenced by this album. And that's a huge, huge list. I mean, that's, that's just naming a few. Moving on to their second album. And here's another album. That, I mean, this, this album was even, for me, even more profound, more influential. And uh, released in... September of 1991, low end, the low end theory, 
and uh, Check the Rhyme was the big debut single. Again, produced by a tribe called Quest, mainly Q-Tip. And it just blows my mind how talented these guys are. I mean, again, to produce and write, I mean, it's, it's and perform, it's quite a feat. It was certified platinum in February of 1995. No, no surprise there, right? It debuted at number 45 on the Billboard 200. And like their debut album, The Low End Theory is viewed as a huge milestone in hip-hop. I mean, you look that album up, and uh, it's highly regarded as one of the greatest in, in, of all time by critics and others. And, uh, I mean, you look up, uh, just to give you an idea, okay, just to give you an idea of how well regarded it is. I mean, you, it's just, uh, for example, Blender Magazine. Uh, or the publication Blender uh, has it number 53 on their 100 greatest American albums of all time. Ego Trip, the publication Ego Trip, hip hop's 25 greatest albums by year, 1980 through 1998, has them ranked number two. Okay. Uh, About.com, best rap albums of 1991, has it ranked at number four. You know, uh, Rolling Stone, number 36 on their 100 best albums of the 90s. You know, not just hip hop, but just, you know, albums overall of the 90s. Uh, So it's a big time album, you know, big time milestone, huge accomplishment, big hit. And um, it helped launch the solo career of Busta Rhymes, by the way. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes here. But uh, it's interesting to note also that the record company didn't believe that it would do well commercially. I don't know why, you know. Um, so, but with there's two singles that were crucial in getting the, the album more recognition. The first was uh, Jazz, We've Got, and Scenario. Okay, so those two were very, very... Uh, crucial and, and pivotal in, in helping this album get get more recognition um with jazz we've got the lord jamar and sadat x of brand nubian appear on that single and uh, brand nubian uh is another huge huge um hip-hop group if you're not familiar with brand nubian please look them up and you know what by the way i might i'm gonna do a I'm going to feature Brand Nubian on one of these episodes. I guarantee you that. I love Brand Nubian. So much of the album was recorded in Battery Studios in Manhattan, New York. And again, like I mentioned earlier, Buster Rhymes does appear on the album as part of Leaders of the New School. There's a nice piece of trivia for you. Who knew that Buster Rhymes was initially with Leaders of the New School before he went solo? Yeah, good stuff, man. Again, and Scenario was a huge hit. And, you know, I remember going to a club in Riverside, California. This was 1991. Yeah, I had 91, 92. Okay, circa 91, 92. The club was called Attitudes. It was a huge spot back then. It was uh, an all-ages club. And I was 15 years old when I went for the first and only time. I was nervous as hell, man. And Gosh, I was such a wimp back then. Anyways, as we walk up to the, uh, as we're approaching the, you know, the venue, the club, you could just hear scenario blaring through the walls, man. Anyways, that's just a little, little, you know, memory. One of those little memories, those little 
nuggets that remind me of, of, of the song scenario. And so the first single released was Check the Rhyme, released on September 9th, 1991. Check the Rhyme was ranked number 29 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. VH1, wow. <laughs> uh, and it's also, Check the Rhyme has also been sampled many times over by various artists in hip hop and R&B alike. Um, following Check the Rhyme, the aforementioned Jazz We've Got was released on November 27, 1991, just a few months later, co-produced by Q-Tip and Pete Rock. And by the way, you know, we're mentioning all these huge, huge names in hip-hop. Um, if you're not familiar with Pete, Pete Rock, please become familiar with him because he's a major player in the hip-hop genre. He's been a producer, an MC, a DJ. Look him up. And I, again, you know what? I'm going to do a feature on him as well. Just... Wow, there's so many artists to get to. It's not even funny, but we're gonna we're gonna feature Pete Rock on the uh, '90s Galore podcast. I, I guarantee you that. The third and final single released on the Low End Theory, of course, is "Scenario," and I love that intro to "Scenario" with the clocks kind of. That's I don't know if it, it sounds like clocks ticking, and it's really cool, really cool uh, intro. And like I already mentioned tonight, Scenario was a huge hit for Tribe. It peaked at number 57 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And at uh, number 6 on the U.S. Hot Rap Singles. The track features Dinko D, Charlie Brown, and Busta Rhymes of Leaders of the New School. Along with Fife and Q-Tip. And uh, again, you know, this, this was a huge song for them. Really um, set them on, you know, into the mainstream mainstream hip-hop and the time magazine included the song in their all-time 100 songs list you know and i I say all-time 100 songs and i didn't say hip-hop said songs so that's you know all encompassing all the genres and music you know so that's really says something about that that track um so we move on to their third album third studio album which was midnight marauders was released in November of 1993 and again recorded at Battery Studios and also at Platinum Island Studios and Sorcerer's Sound, all in New York City. It debuted at number 8 on the Billboard 200 and at number 1 on the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums. Two months later, it goes gold. And a little over a year later, it was certified platinum. The album received mostly positive interview, uh, excuse me, reviews not interviews. And again, a work of art. They killed it again with this album. Unbelievable. Vibe called it, quote, a rap classic. And NME stated that it was the group's most complete work to date. Um, yeah. I mean, what can you say about Midnight Marauders? I mean, it's just a, another influential milestone of a hip-hop album. And it's a culmination of the previous two albums. And if you notice the motif for the album covers... It includes a red, black, and green caricature, which appears to be kind of like a female on, on the cover of their those three albums. Uh, just thought I'd mention that. And uh, the first single released was Award Tour. And let me just say that this song is just a 90s anthem, period. I mean, if you were in high school in the early 90s in America, then you heard this song somewhere in some kind of social setting, right? A huge hit, no doubt. The single peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Dance Music Maxi Singles. Uh, 
and number seven on the Billboard Hot Rap Songs. Um, the song has appeared on video games, movies, television shows. The song has been everywhere, and it uh, the, it features True Boy the Dove from De La Soul and fellow Native Tongues member, right? Uh, and uh, he appears on the the chorus of the song. And so they released their next single. And what do they do? They up the ante again. I mean, a war tour being the song that it was, all the success, and they come up with electric relaxation. I mean, come on, man. Just unbelievable what these guys did. And I forgot to mention that they did come up, that they came up with this, a lot of the beats for this album in particular, in the basement of Fife Dog's grandmother, including electric relaxation. In an interview with XXL, Five Dog describes how he came home one day and heard the beat for Electric Relaxation coming from the basement, and he was just stopped in his tracks. He then went down there and asked Q-Tip what in the world he was playing, and Q-Tip, you know, responded with like, "Yeah, you, this is this is great, right? This is outstanding," and uh, they, they nodded their heads in agreement and. Uh, he also mentioned that they, they wrote the, their own lines, respective lines for this song, but then they traded the lines, which is kind of cool, kind of different, right? So which would, when would you hear Fife Dog rapping on that track, Q-Tip actually wrote and vice versa, you know, for Q-Tip's lines. So it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, this type of stuff is really intriguing to me. You know, how a, come, a song comes to fruition how a beat is discovered, you know, how they come up with the idea for a song. This type of stuff, for me, is just really cool. The song peaks at number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Music Maxi Singles. And again, please listen to this album, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not already. It's timeless. It's just a classic. So the third and final single released was Oh My God. Coincidentally, released in June of 94, the same time that i graduated from high school june of 94 damn unbelievable getting old man like i say this every damn episode <laughs> uh it blows me away because the 90s were just very just near and dear to my heart just a special time for me it strikes that chord in my heart right the song was also featured in the controversial film kids who remembers that movie right kids circa 95 um, so this brings us to our their fourth album, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, released in July of 1996. It was produced by the UMA. That's U-M-M-A-H. And the UMA is a collective of hip-hop producers. That includes Q-Tip, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and the late, great Jay Dilla. And um, well, I'll talk about Jay Dilla in just a few minutes. Uh, this album debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, as well as the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums chart. And to no one's surprise, it garners platinum certification once again. And when you listen to this album, you could definitely notice the contrast between it and the previous three albums, especially the influence of, of Jay Dilla. Like I mentioned, uh, if you haven't heard of Jay Dilla, um, go check him out. A, a legend in his own right. Huge hip-hop producer, major player in the hip-hop game. Um, he had unfortunately passed away, I believe it was in 2006. Uh, but look him up, you know, just unbelievable. The guys that uh, Tribe Called Quest worked with, you know, during their their, their heyday. Um, these 
these producers and these artists just, you know, mind blowing. Um, Rolling Stone gives Beats Rhyme, Rhymes in Life a four stars rating. And uh, the album actually got nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rap Album. And the single, Once Again, is the name of the single, Once Again, was nominated for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at the 39th Grammy Awards in 1997. The album did spawn two singles, the first being Once Again and followed by Stressed Out. Stressed Out featured Faith Evans in the chorus, by the way. The Love Movement, the fifth album, okay, released in September of 1998 on Jive Records, and just like all of the previous albums, again produced by the UMA, it, it debuted at number three on the US Billboard 200 and certified gold for having sold over 500,000 copies in November, only two months later. The Love Movement is a continuation of the previous album, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, which included a, a more R&B, more of a jazzy sound. Um, definitely contrast from their first three albums, uh, which, you know, a, little, a lot of beats, a lot of heavy beats, um, a lot of hip-hop influence in those albums compared to the, the these latter two that we're talking about. It was also nominated for a Grammy at, 40, at the 41st Grammy Awards for Best Rap Album in 1999. Both Rolling Stone and All Music gave the album three stars. And just a little side note about this album. Q-Tip had uh, created a beat for no the Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death album. But the album had already been completed, so the beat was not included in, the al in that album. Although the, the Notorious B.I.G. liked the beat, um, Q-Tip actually ended up using that particular beat for the song The Love on this album, on The Love Movement. So check that out. Um, also, a fire at Q-Tip's home destroyed his, the studio inside his home, his home studio, including um, his record collection and a computer containing many recordings. So this, kinda, this obviously is going to delay the release of The Love Movement. It was slated for a... May 1998 release, but ended up being released in September of that year instead. Uh, and another very important piece of information, A Tribe Called Quest disbanded a month prior to the release of The Love Movement, which they had announced in an interview with The Source, also around that time. Apparently it was due to differences with the record company. Uh, the album did spawn two singles, Find A Way and Like It Like That. And uh, Find A Way preceded the release of the actual album, released in August of 1998, about a month before the album. And it peaked at number 18 on the US Hot Rap Singles Chart. I love this song, man. It, uh, to me, it just embodies the evolution of Tribe. When you listen to their debut album, I mean, going back to, you know, 1990, and then fast forward to the love movement and Find A Way, the song Find A Way, there's, I mean, you just see, you can just, Hear the contrast, you know, the progression, the progression of the sound. It's all fantastic hip hop music, man. There's, there's just no denying their talent, you know, amazing. And then their um, their second single, which was Like It, um, excuse me, uh, Like It Like That, uh, off, the, off the Love Movement, was released as a promo with no video and very little radio play. So it was the first single by Tribe 
that didn't reach the U.S. Billboard chart. So it's kind of interesting there. Um, that was the Love Movement was their their last album released in the '90s, and um, so they moved on. You know, in 1999, you know, Q-Tip went solo, did a uh, released a studio album, Amplified, which included the hits "Vibrant Thing," huge hit. I'm sure uh, you've heard of it, as well as "Breathe and Stop," another big hit for him as as part of his solo project. He'd go on to release three more studio albums as a solo artist. And apparently him and Fife had some differences in the early 2000s. In uh, Fife's only studio album called Ventilation, the LP, he criticizes Q-Tip. Not sure what the beef was exactly, but they would eventually patch up their differences, uh, which was good to see because unfortunately, Fife Dog passed away in March 20, on March 22nd, 2016, from complications due to diabetes. Just terrible, terrible, you know, obviously. And um, Ali Shaheed Mohammed saw success with the group uh, Lucy Pearl, actually, um, along with Rafael Saudik of Tony 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 fame and Don Robinson of En Vogue. Their self titled album went gold in the year 2000. They disbanded shortly thereafter. But uh, before Fife's death, actually, they reunited and recorded their sixth studio album, which was called We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service. And it debuted on, at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, and it did go gold. Um, so it was released in, uh, I believe, 2018. Uh, or, yeah. Somewhere at, at less recently, the last... Uh, 2016, 17, or 18. Um, but it did go gold. and uh, But yeah, I'm glad to they were able to get that album out before Five passed and uh, record it before he passed. And uh, But you know what? A Tribe Called Quest you know, has established themselves as living legends, not only in hip-hop, but in music, period. I mean, they, they've uh, transcended all genres of music, right? They've reached the pinnacle of the hip-hop game with their albums being considered by many as timeless classics and highly influential. You know, uh, it's definitely been a pleasure profiling a tribe called Quest, ladies and gentlemen. I've had a blast talking about these guys. Um, again, they hold a special place in my heart forever. Um, you know, in doing this research for... Uh, for this particular episode, you know, again, and just like any other episode, it conjures up a lot of memories. It's, it's just a lot of fun doing this. It's just a lot of fun. And uh, I want to thank you again for listening. Always appreciate you being here, tuning in to the 90s Goler podcast. I want to remind you to please leave me a voice message on any one of the platforms that you're listening to. Ladies and gentlemen, follow us on our new Twitter handle again at 90s Galore. Or write us a review, say hi, drop us a line, whatever. Just just stay in touch, say hi, whatever, man. You know, I really appreciate you. Again, let me know what you thought of the wildcard episode, this episode, or any other episode, okay? Um, thanks again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar. And until next time, remember to take it easy.